We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is January 25th. It's 2019. We have 10 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined. It's been a while. I I, I don't even think I recognized your face when I saw you pop <laughs> into the, the room here. Bobby Fi, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, it's been a I had to take a week off. I had a lot of family stuff going on. So I am uh, back at it and uh, ready to get into this slate. Uh Seems like things have been going pretty well with you guys. I've enjoyed the Morning Grind podcast, even when I haven't, you know, been playing much. And uh, happy to be happy to be on one again with you. Yeah, it's a good way to you know keep track of everything that's going on. So, um, yeah, well, I'm definitely um, definitely pumped to be working with you again. You know, we always have fun when we're doing the the podcast together. So pumped to be working. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over to check them out. It's FantasyDraft.com. We're going to be doing some stuff with Fantasy Draft. There'll be an announcement on Monday on the way that you guys can participate into that stuff with us. So excited for that kind of stuff. They do have a $15,000 pick and roll. $25 buy-in tournament here for uh, this awesome Friday slate. You can only enter it 20 times, so you're not playing against 150 teams. So 20 inch max on this thing. Um, definitely awesome uh, tournament over there. And then they have their they have they're pushing the limit a little bit on this Wednesday tournament next week. They're gonna have a twenty five thousand dollar pick and roll. So like to see uh, fantasy draft, you know, up in their NBA stuff. So if you guys want to check them out, head on over to Roto Grinders. Sign up through the Roto Grinders links for fantasy draft. That way you can get access to any cool promos that we do run with fantasy draft. Bobby, we got a lot to talk about. It's 10 games. Let's just jump right in. Washington at Orlando, 217 and a half total. Orlando favored by four. I didn't see anything come out of the Washington game as far as in- injuries uh, on the Orlando side. Briscoe, Isaiah Briscoe, the backup point guard, is questionable here. He is dealing um, with a sprained ankle that he suffered on Wednesday, like right when he came into the game. So uh, be interesting to see how this plays out. Let's start with the Washington side of things. What are you looking at here on the Wizards? 
Um, it's interesting. Like I, I think that it's you know they they had the tough game against tonight tonight against Golden State. Uh, sorry, last night. Um, however, we didn't want to look at it. No, it, um, yeah, people know we we recorded yeah. that before. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that it's it's sort of like an interesting like uh, everything is a good Bradley Beal tournament spot. I don't really see myself going anywhere else on this slate. The Magic don't play fast enough for me to want to attack like guys like Porter or even take a shot on Sadoransky. I just I don't think this is the right slate to play anyone unless you want to take a shot on Bradley Beal. Yeah, Sadoransky coming off of a big game on Thursday. I hope people chase it a little bit. Even though Orlando's not the best defensive team, like you said, though, they just don't play that fast. But it does have a 217 and a half total. It's not a bad total here. Um I agree with you. I like the Bradley Beal tournament uh, aspect. He's a guy that can break the slate. But Trevor Reese has kind of found his stroke recently. Um, you know, he's been scoring a little bit more with all the injuries. So, you know, over 20 actual points in three of four. And I think he was really close to getting there if he didn't get there on Thursday. So I like to play, you know, a guy that has a little bit of a hot hand. Usage may be up a little bit. I'm trying to pull it up and I was delaying to see if he'd Got 20 again. Uh, let's see. So he had 27 points on Thursday and 42 fantasy points. So he's been really, he's been scoring really well uh, recently. And um, at 6,300, you know, the fact that he can go for 40 plus makes him another guy that I'm a little interested here on, the, you know, this massive 10 game slate. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I just think for this slate, it's probably a spot where I'm going to try to avoid it, but I definitely get it. Um, the Orlando side, obviously, if Briscoe starts, it's a little interesting. Simmons can play some point, so he would probably be the backup point guard behind uh, DJ Augustine. But you know, DJ Augustine, even with Briscoe getting hurt against Brooklyn last time out, didn't really see an extended minutes. Uh, still played around his normal twenty-eight minutes. Um, is there anything that's standing out to you here for Orlando against Washington? What do we know? Do we know, do we have a for sure minute on like Aaron Gordon? Because I just think like at some point you take a shot in an up pace matchup at a guy on like like him on this at this price. Like we've seen him have you know ten games in a row where he doesn't hit thirty five, and then we've seen him put up sixty in you know two out of three games. Like he's got massive upsides. A great pace matchup for him. I actually think that if he's going to play in his normal allotment like of regular minutes, that he's kind of interesting. And if for some reason he's not that I think Isaac is kind of interesting in this spot. Like it's a huge slate. I don't think you need to go there, but I, I think at a really low ownership, you have a guy in Gordon that could really, you know, eight to nine X his value if he really got things going in a really good matchup for him. So that's pretty much mostly where I'm looking. How about you? Yeah. Gordon is certainly somebody I had written down. He wasn't supposed to have a minutes um, limit the other night and only ended up playing 25 minutes against uh, Brooklyn. So he only missed two games. He practiced fully on Tuesday. I kind of expect his minutes to be pretty normal here, but coach Clippard's old school, man. Um, You know, I don't think he's going to push it if he doesn't have to. Um, So I don't mind Aaron Gordon. You know, like you said, if he gets his 32 to 35 minutes here, um, he's a guy that can break the slate. So I like Vooch in this spot. I just don't want to pay his price. Like if you're mm-hmm. playing um, over there like on draft or something, uh, like Vooch would be a heavy, he- heavy target for me here. But it's really tough to pay this price tag for him. I know he's gone for 50 and three of the last four games, but the, the price is where I have the biggest issue with Vooch here. Yeah, I agree. It's just a, it's hard on this slate at that price to, to, to go there for me. But I definitely like the spot. I just, I mean, he has to get like 70 for for me to really feel like I'm being hurt by him because I think there's a lot of plays on this slate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a price thing. All right, Miami at Cleveland, 210 total here. Miami favored by nine. Gordon Drogic is out. On the Cleveland side, Kevin Love is out. Nawaba's out. Thompson's out. Larry Nance, they said, has a very good chance of playing. Um, so we're going to put him as questionable with a very good chance of playing. Um, let's start with the Miami side of things. One of the slower-paced, projected, blowout-type, low-scoring games on the slate. Uh, what do you like here for Miami? Nothing. Um, I like it's just not the right slate for me for any of these speculative plays. 
They even raised Whiteside's price, making him less interesting. Um, I just think I'm just going to avoid it completely. Yep, that's I kind of I, I kind of was like you know throwing that out there <laughs> like uh, you know uh, I don't even really love anything on Cleveland here. Like Miami's mm-hmm. a good defensive team. Nance coming back, even if Nance plays 15 to 20 minutes here, like I don't want to play Zizek um, if that happens. So. Is there anything that's standing out here for Cleveland? It's the you can always play Alec Burks as a tournament play, but it's just not something you're gonna do on this slate. I don't I don't see any reason you have to. Is it like Dwayne Wade revenge? Like <laughs> I don't even know what that yeah, I guess I mean I don't know, man. It's I'm I, not I gonna do it. Out. I was just I was just making a joke. Like that's how uninterested in this game that I am. Like Yeah. We, we call these games in the industry catch-up games because we're just going to move on uh, because we're going to spend more time on other games, and um, there's not a lot of greatness in that game. So New York at Brooklyn, there's a 224 total here. actually shocked that this line was out. Uh, Brooklyn's favored by 10.5 in this game. Cornette's out. Moutier's questionable. And then on the Brooklyn side, Crab is out. Dudley's out. Dinwiddie is questionable, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson is questionable. This game is a game that could open up some serious value. Um, let's start with New York. What are we looking at here on the Knicks? So for the Knicks, like, I mean, obviously, if because of matchups they start Cantor, like, he'll play. <laughs> if he doesn't start, he may not play a minute. So it, it really depends on what, what comes out. Like, if they – don't say we should we should know before 7 30 or before you know lock of this game who's starting for them um really it's it's whoever starting at center is kind of interesting to me i bottomly is probably a little bit higher than i want to pay but if they did something weird and even started like robinson or something because i know they said the other night they were going to play small to go with the matchups this is a different team in brooklyn that actually plays a big in allen so if you play Cantor, like here's a spot where this guy was going to be 50% owned in a similar situation the other night. And now people are going to be afraid, but if he somehow ends up starting, he's a terrific tournament play. Yeah. It's all going to depend on if he's in the starting lineup. Cause like you said, he just burned a whole bunch of people that weren't able to like switch off of him um, the other night. And, you know, it's just one of those things with Cornette out. If Cantor starts here, like I'm, I'm playing him. If he's not in the starting lineup, I'm not playing him. <laughs> it's as not, only, as not, only, not only are you playing him, like I think you can expect like potentially like a 10x return. Like this is the oh, night. He's going to play so matchup. pissed he's off. He's going to crush. He's going to absolutely crush this oh, yeah. Brooklyn team. Can we play the narrative of pissed off player? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if anybody heard what he was talking to like the reporters and stuff, but. He was not happy that um, not only did he get left out of the rotation the other night, but not that he didn't start. So um, he, he just was like, I want to play. So anyway, yeah. um, if Cantor's starting, I think we're on the both on the same page here. Um, is there anything else on the Knicks that we're looking at? Um, mm, potentially maybe bodies. with Moody out? There's still still too many bodies to me. Like I think that like in they did a good job like raising Trier's price. So if he starts like he's not three point five, he's four point seven on DK. What is he on fantasy draft? I guess nine. That's right. Yeah, right around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, but like unless they were like starting dots, which they won't do. I just think you stay away in this spot unless. I mean, speculating on it, they're all just speculative plays like Trey Burt, like. I don't know. I, I just don't think you can do it. There's too many bodies still, even without Moody, if Moody is out. And we're not getting that, like, Tim Hardaway shooting 20 times the game that we got at the beginning of the season either, even though, like, yeah, we do need to note, like, against Houston the other night, he did play 35 minutes. So it's the most that he played since the 4th of January against the Lakers. So mm-hmm. um, he's always a guy, like, he can just get hot, but – he's a very, very large field tournament only type play um, because you need him to shoot well. He's just not rebounding or anything else right now. Yeah. I couldn't agree. Yeah. More totally. It's, it's hard for me to see him getting there and it's just, there's a lot, there's also just a lot of different bodies they're going to play in this game and uh, the usage is going to be spread out. I just am not touching this except for Cantor. I don't think. Yeah. You can play like, like realistically Hardaway can play like, or score 30 actual points and put up like 35, you know, fantasy points. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, on, the, on the Brooklyn side of things, like 
Dinwiddie news is huge, um, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. if Dinwiddie's out, like Russell's just going to have to play 35 to 40 minutes in this game. And we know like his usage is insane um, when he gets the minutes. He's gone for 45 or 54 fantasy points in four of the last five games, what my notes say here. So like if Dinwiddie's out, D'Angelo Russell becomes one of the top plays on the slate for me. I can't. I, I actually still probably will fade him at that price. And it is weird yeah. with his situation, the way that they play him. Like that one game where he didn't get there wasn't just that Dinwiddie was hot. It was that he was playing poorly and they literally pulled him out of a tight game. Um, I think the real play is obvious. Like I think it's going to be Shabazz Napier. Um, oh, yeah. You just load up on him. Like I don't really see any any real reason to fade him here. So that's that's what it's all about uh if, if there's no Dinwiddie I think that it's Napier I don't know that I need to play anyone else though that's the weirdest part I know I might be missing something I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to play any of these guys but I'm just not like in love with anything else except for Napier the only guy that the other guy that I want like I have a little interest in is if they don't start Cantor I, I think you could potentially look at Allen um I think you could have a really solid game inside against mm-hmm. Robinson. So that would be the only other guy that I would potentially look at. Like you could play maybe Allen and um, Napier together and not play Russell or something to get a little like two man going or something along those lines. But like Cantor would need to be out because I don't want to play Allen against pissed off Cantor, to be honest. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the foul trouble thing is, would be real in that case, but like, I wouldn't mind him against that, that it, what bothers me more with him is that his real ceiling games fantasy wise came when you had no RHJ involved in the lineup at all. And I actually was fortunate enough, wise enough, whatever it was to, to just have a ton of them those two nights. And literally he was unowned where he went completely nuts. One was an overtime game, but he still was going nuts anyway. Um, but I, I, I think that it's harder with him with RHJ the way that they split up the minutes with RHJ and Ed Davis also. When RHJ was gone, they really, like, Ed Davis was playing well, and they locked into Allen playing, like, 35 minutes, which we weren't used to seeing. I, I don't see him getting that same treatment with RHJ back. So that's the only thing I worry about. But I do think he's a, he's a fine play. Definitely has upside. Um, is there anything else like that we need to mention here? Um, if RHJ doesn't play, do you have any interest in Harris or is this slate just too big that I don't think if RHJ doesn't play, then Jared Allen becomes like, like I love Jared Allen. I really think it makes that much of a difference. I think it's just drastic, but I don't know. I think that you can play those other guys. I just don't think that, I don't know where I stand on prioritizing me. I think it would be Carroll probably, I guess, but mostly it's mostly it still goes back to just being Napier, and then it would be Jared Allen if RHJ was out also. All right, let's move on. Clippers, Bulls, uh, no total in this game, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. is out, and Gallinari is out. Um, Jabari Parker is supposed to play, um, so we're going to have him. I'm going to put him as questionable just because we'll have to see how it all works out. But let's start with the Clippers. What do we like here for the Clippers uh, against um, the massive, um, awesome Chicago Bulls? They were <laughs> awesome at one point, right? The, you know, yeah, the 90s. Um, Jordan. There you go. Uh, Scotty Pittman, uh, Kerr. They were Dennis really Robert. good at they had the two. They had the two cycles. They had the Kerr cycle with the second, you know, years, and then they they were the, the Rodman, and then they had the Grant and uh, Paxson in the other years. It just was really funny because it's like they were like replicated. good old Horace Grant. He was um, for the Magic at one point too. Him and his brother did as well. Um, Harvey. Uh, all right. So the I, I think you just avoid the Clippers completely. Um, I I think Harold would be the the one guy you could look at. Just feels like too big of a slate. Um, to get too interested in anyone else, but I think Harold's probably the only guy I can look at. Does it concern you that they actually started Gortat over Harold the other night? Like it would Gortat concern me like- if I was more interested in Harold. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just not that interested, right? Like that's just how I feel. Yeah, I just you know when you're looking at the Clippers team, it's just it's not that exciting. I know Beverly's had some good games um, with Gallinari out. It's just it's hard to get excited about playing Patrick Beverly on a ten game slate. It is the Bulls, and I guess like I guess we can say like the steal upside is probably like five steals here for Beverly. Um, so maybe if you're playing on like Fanduel and he's still cheap, where you get that extra um, you know point for steal, like maybe you play Beverly over there. Um, 
it's just for me, I have a I have a tough time paying forty eight hundred for Patrick Beverly, knowing that like he can disappear for thirty minutes on the floor. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, with Avery Bradley, obviously we've learned it now about Avery Bradley, <laughs> but we're forgetting like you know it was it wasn't that that long ago that Avery Bradley was out there getting what did he have like he had like eleven games in a row with double digit rebounds or something like that. He had or eleven double doubles in a row, and he had like fifty fantasy points in like six out of seven games at one point for when he played for Boston. This is not Avery Bradley anymore. I, I just don't think we can do anything here. There's just a lot of bodies, a lot of split usage. The prices are pretty fair on everyone. I think we just move on. Sounds good to me. Um, the Bulls. <laughs> is there anybody you're willing to play from the Chicago Bulls? I actually think, like, when you look at, especially if, like, Parker wasn't playing, like, these, the, the bench is so grim. It's so awful. Um, I think that like everybody in this, I think Dunn, Levine, and Marketing are in play, even on the huge slate. Not together. I'm not trying to stack this, but I think every, each one of them individually has the has the upside to be a good tournament play. I'm not going to prioritize any of them. The one guy who I probably would look at the most is is Markkinen, but it, maybe it should be Levine. I don't know. I I think that there's. I feel really safe with those guys in the 30 to 45 range, and I think there's even upside on that. And I just feel like maybe that's not enough on this slate exactly because it could be that 30 area. But they're probably not really hurting you, and they and they definitely have enough upside to help you. And I don't know. I, I feel like they're interesting. I have to dig a little further. But those are the guys. I think each one of them has enough to go, especially Levine and Markkinen. Yeah, I mean, I wish we I wish we, I wish we could just know if Bobby Portis was going to play over 30 minutes again. I know he yeah. shot the ball terrible the other night against Atlanta. Um but if we got Bobby Portis under 6K playing 30 minutes, um, I would definitely like him. Like, if you want to take a, a straight flyer, I think he's not worth – I mean, I, I don't think he's the worst, um, you know, flyer on the slate. Um, outside of that, you. you know, I like you said, Marketing, um, Levine, interesting. Um, uh, again, it's a game that I don't love. Like I wish Dunn was a little cheaper, but uh, again, I just can't get behind a lot of the Bulls right now. Um, I just don't love them. So, I mean, we could like like it's not an exciting play, but like ugh, I can't remember say this, but I, I like there will be other value. But Robin Lopez is three point seven. Like I don't mind like a horror. I, I don't even like saying it. It's too big a slate. Let me just move on. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, it, the thing is, like, all the Phoenix injuries still, so it's just, like, there, there's still value. Um, there's too much other value. Sacramento and Memphis, um, no total in this game. A uh, couple of the sites had Fox as questionable, but he got taken off the injury report, so he should be good to go. Um, and Kyle Anderson's out. Let's start with the Kings. Is there anything that you like here for the Kings going up against uh, Memphis? I don't care who was in or out or whatever. I think that Bogdanovich is like one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I love this guy. I think anytime he's under 6K, you can take a shot on him. There's well enough upside. And he actually is like weirdly like he's not blowout proof, but he plays with the second unit in games where they're up by 20 and he also closes every game. So he's like – I don't know. I just think he's really interesting. Even in a, any bad matchup, I don't care what it is. The guy can put up, you know, 30 to 40 in his sleep. So he's the only one I'm really looking at. I like the prices that, that you know, the Fox is down and, you know, WCS and, you know, if they let Bielitsa actually play, I just don't think I'm going to end up going there. there. There's a lot of good bodies on this team now, a lot of healthy bodies. Not really that interested in anyone except for um, taking a shot on Bogdanovich. Yeah, you know, it's a tough defensive matchup um, for the Kings. And, like, you're not really getting a discount on anybody. I, I do like the Bodanovich call. He's a guy, you know, and he can fill up the stat sheet, which is always really nice. So um, I, I definitely like that call. But outside of that, like, I, I again, I've been saying it. Um, I'm mad that I missed the game that Bagley finally played in the 30 minutes and he ended up playing 38 minutes, but we knew it was coming. Like his minutes were creeping and creeping and creeping. But also they and, had everybody was injured that game. Like, everybody yeah, I know. Man, it's so fucking Shumpert, Bielicha, like everybody was gone. Yep. But yeah. Anyway. Um, And then on the Memphis side of things, like 
I don't think I've rostered many Memphis guys all year. Um, you know, Conley, Conley and Gasol, once they get traded, it's going to open up minutes. Um, <laughs> if they get traded, um, it, it's going to open up minutes for Jackson and Jermichael Green and these guys. But until then, like, the only guy that I have a little interest in is Justin Holiday, and it's just because he's so cheap and he's playing a, a billion minutes a night. Um, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I think it's a good play, actually, Justin Holiday. I really do. Um, it's such a good pace matchup for them on the other side of it, like for Memphis, that I think that Holiday should be able to get more shots. They give up a lot of three-point opportunities. It just he's gonna be on the court a bunch. That's what you're hoping for. If he gets hot, like he can 10x this price. We've seen him do it before. This is the same Justin Holiday with the Bulls that could disappear for 20 minutes, but also, you know, would end up plenty of games where he was eight to ten Xing his value. Um and I think this is one of those nights. Like, I think this is a really good matchup for him. I, I played it. I played Gasol everywhere the other night um, when he was questionable. And I felt I'm not trying to just be, I, if I would have won more money, it would have felt better, but I thought I was going to win all the money because I thought that was savvy. I actually think that the price is even okay to play him here, but I just don't think it's the right slate for it. Um, if he was still 7.4, I would be all over it, but I don't think it's the right slate to pay this much up for him. Although it wouldn't surprise me if he put up 50. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going to show out my main potential last month Memphis game until they trade me. I'm just going to keep thinking it's my last game in Memphis. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The more I think about Holiday, the, uh, the more that I, I think he is really, really solid here just because, like, the minutes and the matchup uh, and, and the price, it just everything lines up for him to you know, go for like 30 fantasy points in the spot and at 4,100, that's super cheap for holidays. So he's like chalk. He's like what should be chalk and won't be chalk. That's, yeah. People don't like playing him. No, I know. And, and sometimes, sometimes he's been chalk before, but like what's weird about this is like, it is a mental hurdle. Like if he was 3.6 again, I think people would play him, but I don't, th- I and mean, people will play him. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be like 40% owned, which is probably like a range that wouldn't even be that crazy. He's basically near minimum for a guy who could play 40 minutes against a team, one of the three fastest paced teams in the NBA to give up one of the three most, uh, the third most famous uh, three point shots. Like everything just lends itself to him being able to get there, even if he doesn't play well. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I said. The, the more I think about it, the more I, I do like it. <laughs> Yeah. Um. All right. One of the better games on the entire slate: Toronto at Houston, two twenty-eight total. Toronto favored by two and a half. Valanciunas is out. Capella is out, and Chris Paul is questionable. Um. But they are saying that he's more than likely going to come back on Sunday against the Orlando Magic than playing in this game. But we do have him as questionable instead of out on the injury report. Um. Let's start with Toronto. I'm. I'm assuming. Like, I guess three games is enough for Kawhi to rest and, like, get a whole week off here, and he should be back here. But it's been almost, it's been over a week. It's been nine days. So, um, you know, the teams that, like, Toronto face, can you blame them for keeping Kawhi healthy? And, you know, this is a team that realistically has a chance to win the East. So I, I don't hate what they were doing. I just no, wish they I would, love what they are doing. What they, I, I just wish, Bobby, I just wish they would let us know on the injury report early in the day instead of middle of the day it's just frustrating like just just do it how you're supposed to do it i agree the only reason maybe i'm a little bit biased too is i think there's i've i've i've, I've been burned by it and i've taken advantage of it it worked out in my favor um, sure. by, by speculating in these spots but but i do think that you, you're right it's stupid we should just know it's so stupid um there's we need to just figure something out two years and two years down the line i don't think any of this stuff will be a problem but we're gonna have to deal with it for a while um oh yeah right now i think that i don't think you play any raptor anyway but I, this, this should be like a really this is an interesting game i actually worry about houston being able to hang in the game i know that sounds crazy but like harden is going to i mean i know he does every night but like he's gonna have to go nuts um this is not a good matchup for them or for him. Like his worst games of his career have almost all come against Kawhi Leonard, including when he completely disappeared and almost became a different person in the with playoff series. But I don't think it matters all that much. I just think like if you're looking for a reason to try and find a guy who uh, I've been saying, you really, how do we like, I'll find ways to fade him in 20% of my lineups, but 
it's really hard to fade him even at 14k 15k i think this might be a spot where you can maybe consider it yeah i'm fading him um i i just so i came on ready to talk about it um it's just a spot that i i feel like toronto's just gonna be like hey Kawhi, just you don't switch you're gonna play as much defense on harden as you possibly can and He's at that price point now that I think he can go for 80 every night and it keeps, you know, and he doesn't stop slow or doesn't slow down. And if you're playing cash games. You're probably still playing James Harden, but I'm playing one tournament lineup like I do every night. And I feel like I'm going to fade James Harden in this spot just because I think Kawhi can slow him down enough. I don't think Kawhi stops him because I don't think James Harden is in the mindset that anybody's going to stop him right now. Um, and what he's doing right now is just like, just absolutely insane. Like when's the last time, when's the last time in January that we had a minus 200 NBA player for MVP? Um, I, I would be really interesting to like, know. I don't even think that it should. Like, I think, I think that's ridiculous odds. I think he should be 50 to one to, to not win MVP. Like really he has to get hurt to not win the MVP. He won it already. This is the greatest. There's been great stretches of basketball. Isaiah Thomas had one a couple years ago. Kobe had the, the the month where he averaged over 40, where it was crazy. I, I honestly think this might be the best outside of like the best. Old day, I've ever seen old play. day May, Chamberlain. <laughs> May, yeah. Well, I was actually was thinking of, of Shaq. I think Shaq, did, people forget about how just crazy dominant he was. And it was like ridiculous. You were seeing like 40, 20 and five and five every night. Like, <laughs> just every night. Um, but this is James Harden's time. And I, I just, I, I think this is, I don't like he has to get, even if he gets like 75 or 80, the slate is big enough. You can totally win, win a, a tournament without having that on your lineup. You not to say that you wouldn't appreciate it, but you don't need that to necessarily win a tournament tomorrow. You really don't. I'm going to even go out on a, on a further limb. I'd be shocked if Harden's in the winning lineup today. Um, Let's and that's do it. Just, yeah, I'm in. That, that's, that's as confident as I feel. Like Again, I, I don't think like Kawhi's going to shut him down. Now, disclaimer, just, just a disclaimer really quick. If Kawhi rests again and he's out, then James Harden goes bonkers again in this game. But I, I think Kawhi can shut him down enough um, they gave him nine days of rest. I'm sure his legs are, are very fresh. So. And it'll be a combination of Kawhi and Danny Green, who does a pretty good job on him also. Like, um, it's, 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 it's good matchups in terms of guarding him. I don't expect his efficiency to be high, but he's still going to put up a ton of fantasy points. Like, we're not saying that, right? Like, we're just saying right. that even at 70, we're fine. We're okay. We, we don't need him at 70. Right. Like, you know, 5X at his price is <laughs> almost 90, you know? Like, right. That's what we're trying to get at. Like, you you know, when you when you're paying up for a stud, you can throw out five x, six x, seven x. You want them to go out there and get you as many possible points, and you know, give you that massive floor. And Harden's been doing that, but now he's at a point where like his price is just so high on a ten game slate. If this was a four game slate, I think both of us would be talking about like how you just need to get the raw points from Harden and call it a day. Yeah, but this is a ten-game slate, like, and there's some really good games that we haven't even got to yet. So, for me, I'm fading Harden on my one team. Um, I'm going to take a stand, and when I'm fading Harden, I don't mind maybe going to like an Eric Gordon uh, yeah. if if Paul is out again, because I think that we potentially see Gordon maybe get an extra few shots in this game. Um, what are your thoughts on the rest of Houston here? Fareed's been playing solid minutes. His price is quickly caught up to the production. Uh, what are you doing with the rest of Houston here? I don't even mind Fareed if it was a normal smaller slate, but I'm not going to play him here. I do think Eric Gordon's interesting because I do think that they will try to to actually just take away heart. This is a good team also. Like they're not going to – even if they do ice, like they'll play one-on-one with uh, Kawhi a lot on him, there's no reason they won't trap him and do some other things like – I, I just think that they're a smart defensive team that will force the ball out of his hands a little bit. What, what worries me about the Gordon thing is that his assist rate is just plummeted this year. And I, it's all in James Harden's hands. So even if he has to score like 25 or 30 real life points, but he could get you 40 fantasy points if he scores 30 real life points. 
Um, and I think it's a real possibility here. Like I actually do. So I, I think the pace is going to be good for them. Toronto actually plays fast, even though they play good defense. Um, I, I think playing Eric Gordon is like a really off the board, like no one's going to play him. And what's weird about it is it's actually a very safe play. Like there's, this is a guy who's going to get you t- between 25 and 40, probably more often than not in this spot. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Like he's going to take 15 and plus the shot attempts in this game. Like, yeah. Look at if you pull up his like minutes and game log, like outside of coming back from injury against Brooklyn, like he's going to play 30 plus minutes um, as long as the game stays close. And the games, if the game doesn't stay close, you're probably way ahead on fading Harden anyway. So it probably doesn't matter too much anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, we spent a lot of time on that game. That game's awesome though. Uh, that's definitely a game that I'll probably sit down and watch. Um, you know, it's a phenomenal game. So I get it. I have a grinders live show tomorrow too. And I get to talk about fading Harden again. So I'm excited. Um, <laughs> Charlotte at Milwaukee taking on the bucks two twenty eight and a half and a half total bucks favored by 11 and a half in this game. Only real injury news here is Zeller is still out on the Charlotte side. Um, is there anything that you like here on the Charlotte side? Uh, I think Kemba's got upside at his price, but I probably won't go there. Yeah, he's averaging um, 48 fantasy points in two matchups against his team already this season. So he's certainly he certainly has shown the upside in this matchup already. After a, a few, after a couple bad weeks, like over the last week, week and a half, we're we're starting to see Kemba get back in his groove. The the field goal percentage is getting back into the 40s instead of in the 20s and low 30s. So. I honestly, I don't really mind Kemba here. Um, I, you know, if he gets back going in this groove, it's not too long before we see Kemba up around 9K. Well, there's definitely one reason why I do want to play Kemba in this. Little game stack, little game stack uh, action. Yeah. So yeah. I tell this to people all the time. Like game stacks is like, I, I always look at it in relation to salary versus it, it, like sal- in both ways. But like you're, you're, you're stacking, even if you're just taking two players, if they're high price players, that's a, that's a stack. Like, I mean, it, you're allocating, you know, 40% of your funds to two players or 30, 30% of your funds. Um, but I kind of like that idea here because I absolutely love Giannis. I think this is a spot where Giannis is going to go nuts. There's no rim protection. There's nobody inside to really compete with him. Um, I'm not worried about Bismack or anybody like that to, to keep him out of the lane. This is the kind of matchup where I could see him just going nuts in the paint. The only thing that worries me is that, Maybe they don't need it all, but if they do, that's why I like the Kemba side on the other side. Kem, you know, you get these guys going back and forth because Kemba probably has to have a big game on the road here for these guys to really be competitive, unless everyone's just shooting the ball well. Um, so I like that. I like the idea of that little two-man stack because I really like Giannis. Yeah, and and the Bucks, like they're a really, really, really good team, um, but they don't typically blow teams out either. Um, like their starters, they have the highest margin of they average the highest margin of victory, but they still play their starters. Right. Sorry. I guess that's kind of what I was trying to get at too. Like, if you look at the minutes, like all these guys still get their minutes because, like, the coach will, you know, he'll play them down into the five minute mark or four minute mark of a game that is a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, I, I kind of cut you off there. No, you 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 reiterated and you know made it easier for me to explain. So, um, you know, awesome tool here at Rotor Grinders. If you guys haven't checked it out, Slate IQ. Um, you know, we're talking about game stacking. They have a little game stacking, um, thing, and I know this is premium. Going to give you guys a little dive into the premium today, and th- it's really liking a one-on-one stack, like one from each team type of stack today. It it likes two and zero and two and one as well, but it, um, it, it is really like in the one-on-one stacks today. So maybe a Giannis and Kimba and just, you know, get you a little one-on-one stack in this game, or are you thinking more like a two-on-one here? I think it's just those two for me. I, I don't really like the weird part is that one of Bismack or Hernan Gomez probably gets there, but I don't really have any interest to speculate on the slate. Like it, the weird part is they could get there in a big way. So maybe I should think about it, but I don't think I'm really going to. I just think that I'm probably just going to stick to those two guys and leave it at that. I do think Chris Middleton is really, really cheap <laughs> and is fine, but I just I don't think I'm going to slate him to get there. He's eventually going to start hitting shots. It's just 
Yeah. And it's not he's even a, shots. He's a very good real life basketball. Player. Like he's missing his shots, but like he plays defense. He does everything. He does everything well. He spaces the like. He's just a good basketball player. Yeah, like this team is just so loaded that it's it's always tough to play anybody. Like their starting five is really really solid. Um, Giannis, Giannis is the guy. Like I actually think that like Giannis. What is he probably three to one to outscore Harden tomorrow? I think he's actually like got way better odds than that. You know, the other guy that I think is actually interesting here might be Lopez. Like thinking about what you were talking about, like I don't see Biombo trying to go out and guard Lopez at the three point line. Like maybe Lopez is really interesting here, and I will I will note too that. Like opposing power forwards against Milwaukee this season, they all really have high rebound rates, um, typically because Lopez will stretch the center out. So another thing to note in this game. Yeah, it's 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 hard with Lopez for me. Um, he really is pretty scoring reliant and three point reliant, but he's a good three point shooter, and this actually would work out well. Like you could actually play like a if it was a smaller slate, I would be into the idea of a Giannis. Lopez Walker. I think for this slate, I just would go Giannis and Walker. All right. And then I'm sorry, Bobby, and I don't want to talk about everybody in this game, but um, DJ Wilson burned me pretty bad last time out against Dallas, and he owes me one here. Uh, just so you guys know, I'm going back to the well. It's it's a really bad play, um, but I- I'm going back to the well on DJ Wilson. I was so mad that he only took one shot the other night, and he just kind of disappeared against Dallas. But I think he gets closer to 20 minutes in this game against Charlotte and goes back over 20 fantasy points. So I'm going to use him as a nice little punt play on DraftKings today and hope he gets me 20 at 3,400. And it's awful, but he's going to be 2% owned. The, the the great DJ Wilson thing is somehow if like everybody gets hurt or his minutes go up, like this guy could put up – nobody – this is the first DJ Wilson conversation I've had about TFS. Really? Like, I, I haven't been – the last couple of weeks I haven't been – you know, I, I told you I wasn't playing. But, um, but I, I – like I know the guy – I know the kid, and he can – I mean, like, he's interesting. Like, I'm not going to play him on this slate. I just think that he's a guy I, I keep my eye on. I think it's interesting that you pointed him out because that's, like, a really bold – thing and i'll definitely have it in mind if he puts up like 30 fantasy points tomorrow because it's it's gonna happen soon like why not i i I like that call actually kind of yeah like uh, after the memphis game and then i was uh i went to the orlando uh bucks game um last weekend last saturday and like i stacked that game i had like like i had like four or five pieces from that game just because i was going and like i was like oh dj wilson's minutes are kind of just climbing up there and so they've been using Wilson. He's been checking in early in the first quarter, and Giannis has been coming out, and then Giannis is coming like coming back in to end the first quarter and then start the second quarter. Right. Uh, and, and like Wilson's been getting a little extra run. So I, I talked about it against the Dallas game because it's something that I had noticed uh, for about a week, and then he just went out and disappeared. But I'm not gonna let one bad game, you know, stop me from thinking like this is a real thing. And like, if this game gets a little ugly too, like Wilson probably plays a few extra minutes, which will benefit me at his price. Yeah, you got to worry about Ilya Silva, but that's the only thing. But like, I I agree with you. I think that I, I, probably the wrong slate for me, but I definitely think it's an interesting. Oh yeah, tonight. it's definitely the wrong slate. It's <laughs> just he burned me though. Now you got to go back to the well. Um, Detroit had Dallas, no total on this game. It's because Drummond in the concussion protocol, but he's probable here. Ish Smith is doubtful, and JJ Brea, like we know, is out. Let's start with Detroit. Drummond coming back here, you know, a very good chance of coming back here. What are we looking at here on the Detroit side? Yeah, I hate to do it, but we're playing Reggie Jackson. Um, he's too cheap. He's too cheap. It's with no ish. It's it really is a is a difference. Um, they will play some of these other guys too, so don't get me wrong. But like, you saw a nice game out of him the other night. I think you can expect another one. That was a really really good matchup. This is also a a, a good matchup. Um, he's too cheap, four point seven. It's just, I think he lives in that twenty five to forty range here. Forty might be like the real high side, but I think he's like in the mid thirties a lot. So definitely a really really good like you know, that one of those value plays, that's not the stone min value, but it's just a really good value play in my opinion. 
No, I, I, anybody that listens to this podcast, we talk about Reggie Jackson, I feel like more than anybody else in the, in the industry, but without Ish Smith on the floor, you know, Jackson in, in 1200 minutes a season is averaging 0.9 fantasy points. It has nothing to do really with Ish on the floor. It has more to do with Ish out. Reggie Jackson usually plays more minutes. Um, if we're going to get Jackson at 30 to 35 minutes with a 0.9 fantasy production, we're putting his floor around like 23 to 24 fantasy points of 4,700 with the upside, like you said, of probably ceiling at 40. But it, to say Reggie Jackson can't go out and put up 40 fantasy points would be a mis, you know misstatement because yeah. he's, he's done it already this season. So Jackson at 4,700, um, really, really very much in play, especially because you can play him now as a point guard and a shooting guard. So it really gives you even more lineup flexibility. Yeah, and if he puts up like thirty to thirty-five, like you're great. You know, that's not that's like a that's a great re- return. Like we'll take that all day. So, I'm even on a big slate. I think he's I think he's a really good play. Um, don't play Zaza with Drummond coming back. Don't make that like the accidental oops. Um, Griffin's price with Drummond coming back. I'm probably gonna take a take a take a uh, I'm I'm done kind of approach with Griffin here and. Not that I don't think Griffin can mash in this matchup. I just think that we need like a week or so now with Drummond back for Blake's price to come back into that like 85 to 88 range. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Drummond, I'm assuming that he's not going to be on minutes limit or anything. Um, I just don't even think I'll end up on him. It's really like Jackson for me on the Detroit side. Um, Dallas side, is there anything sticking out to you here? Um. Don't fall for the DeAndre. Like DeAndre Jordan could have a big game any time he seems like he wants to, but it's he put over up over fifty against the Clippers every time he, he's played them. Like let's not just don't don't expect that. He still is cheap enough to where you can take a shot on him, and I don't mind if you like end up there. But there's just other better plays. I think DSJ is still cheap enough to where he's kind of interesting. I think he ends up a little bit. Not quite as much as Jackson, but he's going to be chucking again. Um, I played him a ton the other day. It worked out really well for me. I think I'll go back to it at 4.8. Like, I think that these guys are not going to have high ownership, and they will be playing a ton of minutes, and these are guys who like to shoot the ball. I don't know why. Against teams that give up a lot to the same position, I just think it makes a lot of sense to play Jackson and Smith. Bobby. We know how bad this team is. Detroit is against point guards. Like the fact that, uh, all right, DSJ, we're not going to trade you. We want you to be our guy again. And first game after that statement's made, he starts and plays 37 minutes. Like, you know, it was just, hey, we're trying to trade you right now. That's why you didn't play the last six games. Um, we're going to keep you. But then we're going to give you 37 minutes. Like 37 minutes at 4,800 for DSJ against a team that struggles massively with point guards. Now, Luca has the ball in his hands too, but DSJ is just way cheaper. Um, I, I really like the Jackson DSJ kind of combo from this game that yeah. I don't love and just kind of take some value here. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to go about it. I really do. And then um, I've talked about it so many times in this podcast. You guys are probably sick of hearing me say it, but with with DSJ back, Luca's usage goes down. Um, it goes down enough that I don't want to play him at eighty four hundred. So yeah, you can. I like Luca. I think he's phenomenal, and I can't believe how young the dude is and how good he is. But I can't play him with D- DSJ out there. The usage goes down too much. He was my favorite player in the NBA before he played in the NBA. Not really, but he's literally was a top five guy for me just from not just the YouTube videos, but actually watching some of the EuroLeague stuff. Like, this guy is so good, and no one I, – I just – I think it'll go down in history as just how people missed on the obvious – most obvious, like, thing ever. Like, this guy was just – it was a great draft, but this guy is much better than everyone else. But you can't play him in DFS today. All right, Phoenix and Denver – no total in this game. This Denver, the Phoenix game just ended um, as we're going here. So uh, we don't know if anything came out while we were doing the podcast, but it doesn't look like it. But as far as Phoenix goes, Aiton and Holmes still questionable. Um, TJ Warren was ruled out for two to three weeks. So he's out. And then on the Denver side, seems like everybody's healthy. This team's finally gotten healthy. Um, which kind of has ruined the value a little bit, but 
you know, Phoenix guys, the game stayed close enough where everybody pretty much played their minutes. Ubre played 35, Booker played 30, Bender played 28. Um, Okubo out of nowhere played 28 minutes. Um, let's start with the Phoenix side. Yeah, they're dealing with a ton of injuries right now, Bobby, which is interesting. But they have a back-to-back going into Denver. It's the hardest back-to-back in the NBA. We've talked about it for years now. And Denver is a much better basketball team than this team. What do we do with this game? I think that it's it's really, really hard. Depends on, obviously, what's going to happen. The, I have a feeling that Aiton's going to play. Um, if he does, if, if everything was the same way it was today, I think the answer would be Devin Booker. <laughs> um, even in a blowout potential. Like, Devin Booker is not going to be owned at 7.9. Where just as likely, just as easily tonight, he could have put up. I know he didn't, but like he had an off game. He doesn't tend to do that too often in a row. They're going to need every single bit of his offensive output. So if you're playing anyone, it's probably Booker for me. All the other guys are. I mean, we really need to know who's playing. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm assuming Aiden's going to play. I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to note that Melton left the game. Um, with a sprained ankle and got ruled out. That's why Okobo played so many minutes. Oh, uh, okay. But I, like I said, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was no, just I reading that. about it. I went and tried to find a game recap really quick to see if there's anything that came out, and that, that came out um, as we've been recording here. So, um, so I like Okobo as a player. I actually think that if he somehow ended up starting, I would, I would be interested in him completely. Like, even if we didn't know if he was going to play 15 minutes or whatever and just deal with the randomness because at 3K, he can 10X that price. Like, he's a he's talent. He has talent. He can – he's blowout, blowout proof. Like, if somehow Melton was out, that would be a really, really good play. I, I don't think it would be off the board at all, but it, it would make a lot of sense. He put um, up 25 fantasy points in 28 minutes. Um, he, he can play. Like, this guy – he's a better player than Melton is, and Melton is actually not even that bad either, but – Anyway, um, yeah, I kind of like like I would play Okubo and 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 Booker. I don't I don't think I've been a, I, I don't think you can play anybody from Denver except for like Millsap just because where the prices are on this size slate, right? You really think Aiton comes back? Why wouldn't he? Because like he hasn't even been practicing this week with the ankle injury. All right, I have to look further into it. If Aiton's out. Like he he he's had no like in day upgrades to questionable. Like he's been ruled out early in the day. Like we'll probably know like when the injury reports start coming out. Um, if he because even if he's questionable, like that gives him a solid um chance to play. But they've actually been ruling these guys out pretty early in the day, so I, I guess yeah. we'll know early. Yeah, and then but the thing is, even if he's out. Like who are we super excited about? Like oh, I guess I'm not playing. Is, I'm not playing Bender in this matchup. No, like, is, it, is it Rashawn Holmes? What if he? Because I think Holmes, he'll be back. He I don't think he, he hasn't been practicing either. I don't know. I'm just thinking they didn't practice him though because they're gonna they're, they want to play them today. Like because they have the back to back. Yeah, like if if Aiton sits and Holmes plays and they're not and they say like minutes are gonna be okay, like. Holmes is forty one hundred, and we know his upside if he gets twenty five minutes. Yeah. So I would play him even if his minutes aren't okay. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I just I have a I have a soft spot for Rashawn Holmes because he put up like fifty five fantasy points for me for in like thirteen minutes one not not really thirteen but I think it was literally like nineteen minutes he put up fifty three fantasy points and it's it just guys like that are hard not to hard not to like. Denver side, I know you were starting to talk about it. Um, I'll let you keep going here with your Denver take. I think it's only Millsap, um, and I don't even think that's that like that strong a play. It's just at a price where it would be so easy for him to not even have a spectacular game and put up forty or forty-five. It's just everything else feels like you're really like not to say that Jamal Murray couldn't do it just as likely, but he's two K more. Um, I think Millsap is the is the only guy you can play on this slate uh, with the potential for like a, a serious return that would make any sense i just don't see anybody else that makes sense gary harris moved back into the starting lineup wednesday against the jazz it was you know obviously a matchup against the jazz wasn't the best matchup in the world he gets a much better matchup here um i think his minutes are going to be right around 30 minutes uh, so 30? If you wanna, 
He played 28 minutes against Utah. Wow, um, he was supposed to only play 24. That I didn't even realize that he only played. They played 28. So was supposed to be a 24 hard cap. Wow. Okay. Yeah, then he's definitely in play. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. I just you know we got to talk about these kind of things, right? Like you know, if you're only supposed to play, you know, 24, and you see 28. Um, now, if this game get like. I think the only way I could play Harris, if maybe if I'm playing Booker on the other side, and I'm hoping that this game just stays remotely close for three and a half quarters, because if this game's starting to blow out in the fourth quarter, Harris is probably the first guy off the floor. Agreed completely. Um, I don't love Jokic here. I would much rather play Giannis right around the same price. Um, any thoughts on Jokic before we move on? You just can't play him at this price here. Just don't see any reason to. Um, Minnesota, Utah, last game on the slate, uh, 222 total here. Utah favored by 10. Minnesota's playing as we're recording um, against the Lakers. It's seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and I'm very tilted that they keep using Bayless. I really want to know if Derek Rose got hurt, so I'm going to look that up. Why you talk about who you like here for Minnesota, even though uh, we kind of both need to know if Derek Rose got hurt. Made me look at my phone because the only guy I made sure to play was Bayless. Tonight. Uh, you're um, you're probably going to be very happy because he started the second half. Good. Oh wow, what happened? Um, Derek Rose sore ankle, questionable to return. That came out uh, eight minutes ago. Wow. Um, and if Tegan Rose uh, are out, like Bayless chalk is going to be insane. It's going to be especially in a bad matchup too, like. Um, Jesus, <laughs> this is a tough one. So, listen, pretending both those guys are out, I think you still try to find a way to play Bayless, but you at least have some interesting pivots if somehow Okubo was starting. Um, we mentioned another minimum cost guy earlier that I thought was interesting, but I don't know. I, I, I would guess that one of Teague or Rose ends up playing just because it seems to happen that way almost every time. Um, I don't know that I really want to get involved in this other than that part of it. That's pretty much it for me. Like realistically though, if, if Teague and Rose both end up sitting, we just have to eat the chalk on Bayless, right? I, I know it's a, it's Bayless, a terrible matchup. Do. Yeah. Like 3,600. Like, I just don't see how we don't play Bayless at 3,600 playing 30 to 35 minutes if both of those guys are out. Yeah, I mean, if this sounds really gross on this slate, but, like, if those guys are out, this game becomes, like, an interesting kind of game stack. And it's I'll tell you why, because you can do it really cheap by playing guys like Bayless. Wiggins is way too cheap and would have to shoulder a ton of the offensive responsibility. Cat has actually had a pretty good pass, I think, against Gobert. I don't think that he's necessarily the one you'd want to go with, but like if you played those other guys and then ran it back with any of Gobert, Ingles, um, probably not going to go to Mitchell, but Rubio should have uh, more secure minutes in this one. Like there's just like an interesting like little mini stack that no one will be on. Um, it's speculative, but it's you know if those injuries happen, like it does open things up, and I think Wiggins becomes like a really good play. Yeah, Wiggins cheap. Um, I don't love shooters on back to backs. Um, it's just a thing that it, like, yeah. but even man, look what, travel, look, look what Bogdan did the other night though. I know, I know. It's just I'm thinking that like, man, this game could really blow out too. Like, it really if, could. Like if if both of those guys sit, I don't know, man. I, I agree though. I think that if Rose sits, I feel like they kind of be like, hey Jeff, we need you to play. But, <sighs> um. The Utah side of things, obviously, it's going to depend a lot on the Rose and Teague news and how you want to approach this game. But what are you looking at here on Utah? It's It depends on the other guys. Mostly, it's a pass for me. Um, I don't really see any reason to get heavily invested here. Ingles and Rubio, speculatively, as plays are fine, but just not in this slate. Man, if this was a smaller slate, I'd play Derek Favors. After getting ejected uh, in the first quarter the other night yeah. against the Nuggets, against team that plays two bigs too. Yeah, team that plays two bigs with Taj and you know they 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 have they rotate all those big guys. Like, I just wish it was a different slate. Like, I don't know. I don't play on Yahoo because I can't um, because they don't have it in Florida. But if Favors is like close to min salary, maybe you play him over there or something because like this is a really this is a really good. Like spot for favors and his minutes have been really consistent. The production has been really consistent outside of getting ejected, which you can't 
put that on a, a no. bus thing. So I think favor is really interesting. I just on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, I just don't like the price. Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you kind of actually. Um, I actually think the price is not even the worst thing. Like it's like the price for 24 minutes on on a 10 game slate. Minutes, yeah, <laughs> it, that's the biggest thing. Like. If we could be like, all right, Derek Favors is going to play like 28 minutes here. Um, I, I would absolutely play him at 5K. But like, right, but just only plays- use the last two examples. Like, I think he outscores Millsap more often here, but Millsap could get like 50, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. or 60. And Favors really, like, it would take something bizarre. But Millsap, like, it's in his repertoire. You know what I mean? It's in the range of outcomes. It may be far fetched. With Favors, it really isn't. So if you're playing these guys at the same price, same position, I think I would go that way. But I do, I completely agree with you. Like if it was a smaller slate, this guy is going to probably end up in that 25 to 35 range, you know, with a little bit upside for 40 potentially, like in this kind of a matchup, I think he's going to, I think he's a good play. I just don't think on this is the right slate. Yeah, man. If, like I said, it's all about the minutes. If we, if you could project Derek Favors minutes, right. In this game, you could have, you could, and, and get it right. You, you could, you know, definitely profit on his mm-hmm. price. So such is fantasy sports basketball let's play the morning grind game and then we're going to get out of here um give me your favorite game to either go over or under i know we're waiting on a a lot of um lines to come out still but is there a game that's standing out to you uh what did you say the line on the sacramento memphis game sacramento memphis does not have a line because the fox thing all right i can actually Um, check it again really quick i'm gonna take the wizards and magic to go under like that one. Um, I'm gonna check, make sure that Memphis line didn't come out yet, because now I'm curious. It didn't. Um, give me. <sighs> give me the under in the Houston game at 228. Okay. Um, favorite play under 5K to go 7x. First look, obviously, waiting on injury news on some people. Is there a guy that's standing out to you? Um, I named a few in the last. The, the injury thing is big because there are the you know the Bayless situation. Obviously, would become an easy one um, or an easy guy to t- you know take. Uh, and I think Akobo would be the other one, but we don't know about that situation. So with what we know, um, there was one guy I named earlier, but I'm trying to. You know what? I didn't write it down at the time. I should have done. Uh, can you do yours? When I'm just going to grab mine real quick. Yeah, it's fine. Mine is DSJ. Um, the fact that they, the fact that they they brought him back and let him play the minutes that he played, makes me think either they want to showcase him and still move them, or they are actually going to be okay with letting him play. So DSJ is my guy. I'm with you, and I like that better than my guy. But just because it's fun, I'll just say Reggie Jackson and just go in the same game. No, I, I think that was the other guy that I was looking at. I was going to take – if you took um, DSJ, I was going to take Jackson too. So the, those are the two guys for me. Right. So um, Over 8K, not to 5X. I have dibs on James Harden. I'm already calling the bust. That's my guy, so you can you can go. Under 5X yeah, I, I, I think even if he 5Xs, I'm okay with it. I think he's still going to probably be right up, right around there. Um, over 8K to, to... No, we don't want him to 5X. Like, 5X is almost 90. Like, don't I, mean, 5X. I, I think the Nuggets are going to absolutely... No, it's only... 5X is only 70. Um, it's, oh, it's only 70. I, my math is terrible. You're right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, 5X. That's fine. You can 5X. Um, I'm going to take Jokic just because of game flow. I think they're going to smoke him. Yeah, I like that one. You like took my other like Jokic is always the guy that I pick in this game. Um, <laughs> first look, give me your guy. Give me the guy that you have today that you're like this guy's going six x today. So I'm just gonna be really bold with one because it's not like that it's a bold play, but it's a bold six x because you're supposed to you know logically there's a lot of cheaper guys I could name, but I really think Giannis is gonna get like seventy fantasy points. So I'm just gonna say Giannis. I like it. He's the guy that I'm looking at to pivot off of Harden today. So. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, going way, way back to the first game we talked about. Um, give me Trevor Reza at 6,300. I'm going to take the hot hand on the guy that's been shooting the ball really well. I like it. Way back. But on that note, Bobby, always fun doing podcasts with you, my friend. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man, really enjoyed it. Uh, 
love the DSJ call and good luck to everyone out there. Hopefully we can win all the money. Win all the money indeed. There will be an announcement about Fantasy Draft on the Monday podcast. I have an announcement coming on Monday as far as my NASCAR package. If you're interested in that, make sure to pay attention to Twitter on Monday. There's going to be so much content in it this year. I'm already going crazy about all the work I'm going to have to do on Friday and Saturday nights. But on that note, hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back on Monday, and uh, we'll see you guys then.